Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. You know, I've heard a lot of preaching in my life. And um, I grew up going to church, at least up through the sixth grade, and then went back to uh, another church in, in high school where I ended up accepting Christ. Um, but I was trying to figure it out, and I, I think estimating very conservatively, I've had to have listened to over 3,000 sermons in my lifetime, and, and it may be considerably more than that, I'm trying to think, because, you know, I, I still listen, I listen to my sermon every week, so I can learn how to be a better preacher, okay? And then I usually listen to at least one other sermon every week, and obviously in the last uh, 14 years here, I've been doing more preaching than listening. I don't know if that's a good thing, but... But what I've just, I noticed is this, that in sermons, that what the message that seems to come through loud and clear so very often is that, okay, there's something that you are not that you need to become, right? You get that? In other words, this is what you need to be. You're not that. You need to become this. That comes across a lot. Or you're missing this in your life. You need to add this to your life. Or maybe you need to remove this from your I mean, Lots of those kinds of things. And then it's, it's very much do, 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 do. Now, to some extent, there, there's truth there, right? I mean, because there are things sometimes that we need to become. And there, there are things that we need to add or take away. And there are some things we need to do. We obviously need to respond to the Word of God when it's, you know, when He speaks it to us from either a sermon or our own reading or, or wherever. But I don't know about you, but when it's become, 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 add, 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 do, 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 after a while, it kind of gets heavy, doesn't it? You know what I mean? And, and what coming to hear the Word of God preached or taught can, you know, instead of being this joyful thing, you're thinking, oh boy, here we go again. I'm going to get hammered again today. Um, have you ever felt that way or is it just me? You know, I, I, it's not always, like I said, not always preaching from the pulpit that gets. We can get it from teachers. We can get it from our parents, our husbands, our wives. This whole, you know, burdensome, be what God wants you to be, do what God wants you to do, add, 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 do all this kind of stuff. But the reality is this, that approaching the Christian life this way, and I would say to you that that is a very natural way for human beings to approach the Christian life. Because it's about what? It's about what I can do. It's about what I can bring to this equation. That's our very human approach to things. Uh, but when, with our relationship with God, it's, it's totally different, right? Because what's our natural human approach when we, when we realize that we've sinned against the holy God? What's our approach? Become more religious, right? What can we do? Start doing good works, adding things. I mean, because we want to deal with it. But what's the reality? Can we address the sin problem in our lives by what we can do? No, we cannot. But see, that's what comes natural to us. But God's ways, remember we talked about that last week, aren't always natural to us. And so when we, we go the way that comes natural to us and, and makes the natural sense to us, we almost always end up being burdened. And life gets complicated. And most of the time, we probably set a, a bar that's impossibly high for us to accomplish and set ourselves up for defeat. This is the result of man's natural way of dealing with spiritual issues. This is our own understanding that we bring to it. 
that needs to change, obviously. And there's one of those things. They said, you've got to change something. I mean, this is our, you know. And like I said, those aren't always wrong. But we've got to be careful because we can naturally run with that too far and create all sorts of burdens and problems. But I want to show you from the Bible today that, that it's really a whole lot simpler than become, 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 add, 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 do, do, do. It's a lot simpler than that. Because when we understand what the Bible has to say about this, what we're going to discover is this, that, that God's way, while not natural to us, if we'll just yield to it, is not, it's not exhausting. It's not a huge burden. Do you remember what Jesus said when he said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burdened down? Come to me, right? Come to me and I'll give you rest. Do what? Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. And you find rest your soul. He says, for, for my ways, my yoke is what? My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. But when we go about it our own natural way to solve these things, it isn't. Our burdens are heavy and life is complicated and, and weighty, and, but not, that's not God's way. So we want to uh, get in the Bible today and, and see if there's a different way to look at these things. So we're going to take a look at that issue, but before we do, I want to remind ourselves of, of an overarching truth that we laid down in our introduction last week to the sermon series, and a bunch of you guys weren't here for this, so... This will help you, although I gave you something. Let's go on. Um, Isaiah 55. I really want you to memorize these two verses this summer. Okay? So let's say them out loud here together. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now that's a good thing. And over time... As we learn and grow, our thoughts can match his thoughts more, and our ways can match his ways more, but it never on our own, right? This is in, in yielding to Christ. And then we, we uh, got the little catchy rhyme thing for you, so let's go over that. I want you to memorize this this summer as well. Say it with me. Jesus' way is the only way to live God's way, which is the best way. It's not naturally my way, but I choose today to exchange my way for Jesus' way, all right? And uh, if we can get this this summer and actually become consciously aware of this and, and let God work in our lives, it'll change us in ways that are awesome and good and ways that will be blessings to us. Well, let's, let's look now, consider how does Jesus approach these issues that we have naturally made burdensome and heavy, and made in things that we have to work so hard to do. How has he dealt with it? What does he say? Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. As we continue our way into the Sermon on the Mount here. Matthew chapter 5, page 1115 in the Bible that's in the pew. We encourage you to follow along with us. If you don't have your own Bible, take that Bible in the pew. Turn to page 1115. And the issue we're going to see today is Jesus talking about being a witness. Being a faithful witness that people might know him. Is that an area you've ever felt burdened about? Have you ever found yourself when you think, oh, I got to be a witness that all of a sudden that becomes a, oh, this huge thing, this heavy thing, this hard thing. And you try to figure out, okay, I got to know what I'm going to say. And it just becomes, you know, so complicated that very often what do we do? 
He says, we don't. That's what we do, we don't. <laughs> but what does Jesus have to say about this that, that makes this really a lot simpler and a lot clearer? Let's start here in verse number 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So just let me just explain a little bit here. Um, back in, in Jesus' day, what they would do is that most of their salt came from salt marsh salt. And so when they would gather that, it wasn't what we would consider pure salt. It had other minerals and things mixed in it. And, but they, that's what they would use for salt. But if that would get wet and stuff could happen to, that salt could dissolve and dissolve and run out. And what's left is, you know, becomes less and less and less salty until one day it's like, this isn't good for seasoning anymore. We can't use it. And you also know those days, uh, the house to the rooftops were a place where people would go up on top of, like in the cool morning or the evening and spend time up there. They would take this leftover, what was left over from the salt that's not salty enough anymore, and they would throw that on the roof, okay, to help the condition of the roof. And so then it gets trampled under feet of man. It's not good for seasoning anymore. It's good for walking on. All right? And so he's telling them here, uh, using that picture for them. When it's not salty anymore, it isn't good for anything except to throw out and be walked on. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And we'll see a city like that a little later on our screen up here. But Jerusalem sat on top of a mountain, on top of a hill, and people walking to it could see it from miles away up there. So they would have this, this mindset and understand that. The city is set on a hill, cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Very clearly, right? So you, just, you light a candle, what are you going to do with it? You don't cover it up, you, you put it up so it can give light. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, so let your light shine so God can be seen. Now, what I want you to hear is this. Our natural, our natural sense of this is that we look at this and say, okay, all right. So I need to, I can see, what do I need? I need to become more salty. I need to add more saltiness, spiritual saltiness to my life. And I need to somehow or other, you know, become brighter, more light. I need to come up with more light to shine and good works. Oh, man, i got to do a lot of good works. Okay, what good works do I need to do? But that's not what the Bible says here. But that's our natural tendency. Are you with me that that's our natural tendency? I mean, we, we tend to do that. And if we don't do it to ourselves, we do it to other people, Right? Well, what happened to you when you received Christ? Assuming you've received Christ here today. If you haven't, you need to. But, but what happened to you? You know, not only were your sins forgiven, not only do you have eternal life now that will just extend on after your body dies and you go on to heaven and be with the Lord in heaven, but Christ himself moved in, didn't he? Christ moved in. And just as we would say when it comes to being saved, do we have anything we can offer God that's going to fix our problem, right? More works, more money, 
uh, we, there's nothing we can bring to God and to fix that. You know, when it comes to, to being salty Christians, we can't come up with anything. Who is the salty one? That's weird. I never thought about it that way before. Well, Christ in you. Who is the light? Do you have any light to generate on your own? No, who is the light? Christ is, and he is in you. And, and so it isn't about trying to become a saltier person. It's not about trying to generate more light for the world to see. Let's, let's look. Let's go back and look at it. Verse 13. Read the first phrase out loud with me. Here, here we go. Ready? You are the salt of the earth. What's the second word? You. You are. You need to become? No. You need to add? You need to do? No, you are. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. See, it's not about adding or becoming. This is, you are salt. You are light because Christ lives within you. This is not something you have to try to become. It is something that you already are the moment you got saved because Jesus made you salty and light when you got saved because he is in you. You are salt, you are light. And this is why the title of this sermon is Be What You Are to show who he is. Be salt, that's what you are. Be light, that's what you are. And when you do, he will be seen, he will be known. All right, so we say that's true. Okay, we are salt, we are light. Well, why does it then seem so often that we're not salty? Why does it seem so often that we're not light? Why does it feel like we have to work so hard at becoming these things since in reality we already are them? Am I confusing you yet? I want to confuse you. But in reality, we already are these things. Well, let's, let's look closer at both of these ideas and what Jesus says here and see if we can't clear this up. Uh, and deal with this idea of why we aren't very salty, why we don't put out much light. So let's talk about salt first. What does it mean to be a salty Christian? Now, you know, if, if we talk about an old salty sailor, we're not thinking that way, okay? That's a different deal. We're talking about a, 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 this, a, a seasoning in our world. Now, how many of you like to add salt to food? How many of you will salt your food before you've tasted it? Yes, that's what I thought. Right? <laughs> you know, that's awesome if you like it. Personally, I, I seldom salt anything. Okay? Uh, I'm not opposed to it, but I just usually know there's a natural amount of salt in many foods just the way they are. They already are salty. Meat, shellfish, eggs, dairy, and even lots of vegetables actually, if you look at it, have a significant amount of sodium in there. There's a saltiness to them. Well, as a Christian, you too are naturally salty because Christ is in you. And this is why the scriptures can tell people who don't know the Lord, Psalm 34, verse 8, Oh, come, taste, and see that the Lord is good. See, we've been seasoned with salt, with the saltiness of Christ in us. And it's not you apart from Christ that's salty and makes your life full of flavor in other, to others. It's Christ in you. And as a Christian, you start off salty. 
And when, when people get a taste of your life, they should be getting a good dose of Jesus with it. And then be drawn to him because of it. And this is why I can say to you, be what you are to show who he is. Well, so what then does Jesus mean about salt losing its flavor? I already told you what it was like in their culture and how that would work. But you know, we don't, that's not the way we have salt today, is it? We have a, a pure form of salt. Uh, you know, we have it in uh, containers. I mean, we have it, it's, it's very much that way. So I think that example from the Bible is a little bit foreign to us. So how would we lose our salty flavor today then? How would we lose it? Well, we lose it when we dilute it with other things, right? If I had, you know, half a cup of salt up here today, and then I added a half a cup of sand, a half a cup of whatever, and next you know we end up with three or four cups of stuff up here, and I, let me back up. If I took a teaspoon of salt out of the pure salt, that would be salty, wouldn't it? But by the time you mix in two or three cups of other stuff and you take a teaspoon out, how salty is it? It's not very salty anymore. And the reason is, is we have diluted it. We've diluted that salt. Okay? John said, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. I'm not talking about the physical world. We're talking about the world as a separate from God. Don't love those things. When you love this world and you love your life, your life more than you love Christ, guess what you do? You've just diluted your saltiness. When your motives are not pure and founded in Christ's love, you dilute your saltiness. When you allow sinful actions and habits into your life, you dilute your saltiness. When you let the unsaved world around you set your values and you live by what the world says is important rather than what God says is important, what do you do? You dilute your saltiness. You're adding things to it. Let me give you some more specific examples of this. When you love television and food more than Jesus, none of us would ever do that, would we? Sometimes we do. When you love television and food more than Jesus, you dilute your saltiness. When you make it a point to read Facebook but don't time to read this book, you're diluting your saltiness. When you, when you fill your ears and your soul with ungodly music, you dilute your saltiness. When you choose on Sundays to do things that are of much less important than worshiping God with your church family, when you choose to do something else, you dilute your saltiness. Oh, here we go. You'll like this one. When you're consistently late for worship, you dilute your saltiness. When your hobbies and recreation come before living this life out with Christ, you dilute your saltiness. When, when you abuse the liberty you have in Christ and to do certain things and participate in, in questionable activities without caring how it might affect others, you dilute your saltiness. But can you see how we, just, we bring all this stuff into our lives? We're, God made us salty. Jesus lives in us. We're salty. And then we start adding, piling on all this stuff that starts to dilute that. And, and when you live a diluted life, how does the world around you feel about you anymore as a Christian? 
When, when you uh, live a diluted life, they stop finding your faith flavorful. And then they start devaluing your Christianity. And the end result is it gets trampled under the feet of people. They just trample. It's of no value to them. Well, what needs to happen? What needs to happen? We need to undilute. Now, that's not really a word. I, I, I looked it up, and <laughs> spell check kept telling me that's not a word. Okay? But it's a word now. Undilute. Can you say that with me? Undilute. If we want to be salty Christians, yes, we do have to respond to this, but it's not, it's not you know, become, 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 add, 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 do, do, do. No, it's, it's just we need to undilute. We need to start taking this stuff out that doesn't need to be here. All of the things that you allow into your life that really don't belong have been piling up on who you are in Christ. And so, let me see here, excuse me. What I challenge you to do is this. You know, whether you do it this afternoon, this evening, or tomorrow morning, sometime this week, I really encourage you to sit down. When you, have, you set some time aside, sit down at the table and envision taking your whole life and setting your whole life out on the table. Okay, set it all out on the table. Maybe get a pad of paper, a cup of coffee, whatever you do. But set your life out on the table in your mind and start looking at what is diluting my saltiness here? What, what, you know, what have I added to my life? What have I allowed to come into my life that, that's diluting this saltiness? And then, okay, that I need to undilute here. These things need to go, okay? Start decluttering your life of all the things that distract and detract. Remove the dilution in your life again, because what you want to get to the point is where people would see you and be able to respond to this, oh, come, taste, and see that the Lord is good, because they see that in you. Remove the things that dilute your Christianity. Get back to being that person you were when you were saved by Christ and the life that he's filled you with and wants you. So undilute. Get back to being that purer form of who you are, of what God made you so you can be what you are to show who he is. Let's talk about light for a little bit here. Again, you are the light of the world. What does it mean to be the light of the world? Well, first and foremost, it means this. It means that you have been joined in an inseparable union with Christ. Because we already asked the question, do you have any light to shine the world in yourself apart from Christ? No, all you've got is darkness. But the light of the world has moved in. He has moved in. And so now you have his light to shine out from him. And you become the light of the world with him. John wrote these words in, the, in, in his first letter. He said, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And the Bible tells us a story. You remember the story of Moses when he, he was in the presence of God, ministering there? And God was giving him the word. Do you remember what happened to Moses? His face, his skin? It began to glow because he had been in the presence of God. And, and so... Um, God is light and it causes his people to shine. But you have a greater opportunity to shine than Moses did. You shine because the light of the world is in you all the time. You are then the light of the world all the time because Jesus, who is the light of the world, is already in you and always in you. So a question here. Do you really understand who it is that lives within you? Do you really understand that? 
I mean, I'm kind of drawn to science stuff. I, I, I like to, you know, read about that and uh, from astronomy down to some of the, the chemistry and biochemistry and the, the biology of life. Just so interesting to me. But I want you to think that the person who, when we think of space, and, and it's hard for us to imagine, but with the Hubble telescope now and the things we can see, and we start to learn how vast space is and how filled it is with all of these amazing things. The God who did that, not by working hard, but by doing what? Speaking in existence. That's who's living in you. The, the master designer behind all these. The, have you ever tried to change somebody? Have you? You ever tried to change a husband, a wife, a child? Change your parent? How successful have you been at changing somebody? Have you ever seen a life transformed by Christ? That's who lives in you. He is the light of the world. And because he's in you, you become the light of the world with him. So because it's true, you don't have to somehow become light. I have to become bright. No, 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 no. You just have to be what you are so that he, we can see who he is. This is what Jesus is saying. He makes it pretty clear. All you have to do is live openly as a Christian. And his light will be seen in you. His light will be seen through you. And as you're living openly by a Christian, guess what? You're going to be living a good way. You're going to be doing, what's it say? Good works. Just because you're living openly as a Christian. And they're going to see that. And they're going to go, wait a minute. As they think about, this isn't normal. Maybe it's God. You see? Let your light so shine before men, being openly Christian. Be what you are to show who he is. So, so what then keeps the, the light of Christ from shining through? What keeps it from shining through? Well, he talks about it here. What could people do in verse 15? He says they ought not do it. It doesn't make sense to do it. But you could light your lamp and do what? Hide it. Put it under a basket. Covering up the light. Hiding the light. And that's the illustration Jesus uses here. In other words, not living openly as a Christian. And, and when you don't live your life like a real Christian, and we, remember we spent a few weeks, that's receiving Christ as Savior, that's concluding that, wait a minute, Jesus is always more important than I am, uh, and, and then that, uh, that he becomes your life, Christ actually becomes your life and fills your life, and then you learn to love other people like Jesus loved, and then that you're on this mission that you're sharing, you want to share your faith. But when you don't really live that way, what are you doing? You're covering up the light. You're hiding your light. When you don't live by the principles of this book, and you choose to go the world's way instead of what God says, you're, you're hiding your light. When, when you don't speak up about your relationship with Christ, when it makes sense to do so, I'm not saying go out there and be a lunatic. It isn't like, you know, okay, I, okay, I can't cover this up anymore. I gotta, so you go into work and you open the door and you go in. Hey, everybody, I'm a Christian. You need to look at me. Watch me. Please don't do that. I'll be getting phone calls. But when it makes sense to speak up about your relationship with Christ and you don't do it, you hide your light. 
When you have the gospel, but you won't share it because you're afraid of what other people will think of you. Not only are you fearing people more than God, you're hiding your light. When you live like a really nice person, but you never let anyone know it's because of what Christ has done in your life, you're hiding your light. When you become a secretive person, and you just you raise, withdraw and stop engaging, you become secretive because you've allowed sin in your life, and there's ongoing sin there, and you become secretive, you will be hiding your light. So when you allow anything, anyone, to cover up the reality of Christ in your life, you're hiding your light. And Jesus says here, this doesn't make sense at all. People don't do that, he says. You don't light a lamp and cover it. I mean, we have covers on our lamps, but you know what I mean. Covered up so it can't be seen. The whole purpose of light is to shine and do what light does. So what's our solution then with our light? Not become more light, not become bright, but to do what? Uncover the light. Say that with me. Uncover. It's a tough word, right? Uncover. It's a real word. Jesus says a city set on a hill and a light on a lampstand and letting your light shine through good works. All of these things really just describe living openly as a Christian. What would a Christian say in this circumstance? You're having a conversation with people. Something comes up, talking about something that's just, wow, so hard and we don't know how to deal with it. What would a Christian say? A Christian say, wow, I'll pray for you about that. If you're talking about your own life, you talk about that. It's real, right? What did, you, or what did you do this weekend? Or how do you handle this? What would a Christian say? How would a Christian respond? There's a need. Someone, you see someone has a need in their life that doesn't know the Lord. Or maybe they do. But how does a Christian respond? It's just living openly as a Christian. Not trying to ooh, add and become. No, just live openly as a Christian. And when you do... The light, the, the light of Jesus within you shines out and you will be what you are and it will show who he is because the world will see Jesus in you here. They will see your good works, the things that Christ is doing in you and through your life and they will then glorify God because of it, one way or another. When you uncover Christ in your life by allowing Christ to use the Bible to shape your thoughts, you know, you, you let this change your thoughts. You're being transformed by the renewing of your mind and and the word of God is in there. and you, do. you become what the Apostle Paul says. He says that you will become blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault. And then listen, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Have you seen the advertiser on television recently saying that the human eye can see a single candle in the dark 10 miles away? Have you seen that? Oh, you guys need to be watching more television. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's going to be, that, you know, that's one of those quotes someone would take and put. So, don't. <laughs> but there is an ad on television now, they're talking about the human eye, and I think it's Bosch and Loam or somebody, you know, on eye products. But, but actually, because the earth is curved, you can only really see just over three miles away. But if you're able to stand on a high place... And, the, the, you know, the weather conditions are just right. The human eye can actually see a single candle 30 miles away. Isn't that amazing? Let me check out the dot on the screen. There you go. 
Can you see the dot? I don't know if you can where you're at, but it's like that. You, know, you just see it's 30 miles away, you can see a little dot of light. That's pretty small, right? I don't think that'd make much difference, would it? But the world is a really dark place. Sometimes we as Christians forget that because God has saved us out of it. But the world is a really dark place and you are the light of the world. And it's amazing how much light shines from just a little light when it's dark. Right? All you have to do is just uncover. Stop hiding. Become openly Christian. And you will become an awesome witness for Christ. Well, so then what's the bottom line here today about being the kind of witness that Christ made us to be? Is it about you got to become, 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 add, 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 do, 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 do. Oh, it's not about that. The solution is simple, and I want you to say it with me. It's simple. It's undiluted and uncovered. Can you say that with me? Undiluted. And uncover. And yeah, you're going to have to do some things. Yes. Will you become? Yes. But this is not a huge burdensome thing. It's just looking at our lives and say, wait a minute, what have I allowed to dilute? You know, let's, let's come in. I've let it, you know, let's, I just need to undilute here. And then I need to uncover. Begin living openly as a Christian. You know, I can't help but think that there's somebody here to say, would say today, oh, but you don't know me. The last thing I want to do is uncover. Because if people saw me the way I really am, but I would encourage you that if you will come and say, okay, I'm going to undilute, I'm going to uncover, and God, you know what's under there. I, I, I need you to help me. Whether it's it's things that are going on in your life, the way you think, if, if things that have happened to you and affects how you live, it's unexpected health things that have come into your life and hit you, and you think, I just, no, 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 you got to believe God here. If you will let the light of Christ shine through you in your mess, that's huge. You know, I walk into a room someplace and people find out who I am and they think, oh, he's got it all together. He's a preacher. Which ain't true. No, I'm a preacher. <laughs> okay? So, but there's, they have expectations of me. But when they don't know me, that I'm a preacher and I'm able to walk in and, and, and I just try to let, be openly Christian and try to, you know, have an undiluted life here. But I got my problems, my mess. In fact, you know what? It is, that's what somehow rather focuses the light. And they can see it. Same in you. If you just be undiluted and let the light shine, in the middle of your mess, they're going to see it. In fact, they'll see it more than they will if they think you got it all together. Because they think you got it all together. They think you don't understand. You don't have any problems. Now, I'm not saying go out and find problems. Just be satisfied with the ones you got. <laughs> but as you, guess what, as you begin to undilute, do you realize that some of those problems will start to go away? As you undilute. 
as you begin to uncover some of that stuff will see the light of day for the first time in a long time and you'll get dealt with. You'll make progress on it. So this is true for all of us here today. Undilute, uncover. Be what you are to show who he is. And you can do this because you already are salt. You already are light. Undilute. Uncover. And if you haven't already received Christ as Savior, then you're not salt of the earth yet, and you're not light of the world yet. We can help you with that. We can show you how to receive Christ as Savior, to, to realize you have a sin problem, and that God provided a solution for that when Jesus died for your sins and rose again. He just says, by faith, admit that you have the need and receive Christ as Savior, and that's to change your life. He becomes the Lord of your life. This paper in uh, pews that you could write on and say, I want to do that, let us know. We will contact you about that. But what happens if our whole church becomes undiluted salt and communicating how awesome it is to have a relationship with the Lord? What if our whole church is so that people could taste and see that the Lord is good? You know, what happens if our whole church starts uncovering our light? You know, the spiritual darkness around us. What happens, what happens to the darkness when the lights go on? The darkness goes away. The brighter the light, the more the darkness goes away. And so it is, you know, people will be able to see us, see Christ, and they can join us, they come to Christ, join us in being salt and light to a lost and dying world. And then all of Worcester County gets, you know, exposed to the saltiness and the light of Christ, be drawn to him. They will see the good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Many saved, many growing, many joining us within our mission to reach the world. The eternal destinies of people change. Lives blessed forever. Do you want to be a part? You want to sign up? We'll start off then by undiluting and uncovering. And then you will be able to be what you are to show who he is. Let us pray. Father, we come to you and thank you for your word. And Lord, our natural sense is not to see ourselves as salty and as light. But your ways don't come natural to us. And so I pray, Father, you'll remind us, challenge us to think differently about ourselves and about our relationship with you. And that you do live within us and, and therefore we are salt and we are light and that we will really get serious, Father, about looking at our lives and start undiluting and start uncovering. Oh, you're so worthy of us letting you be known and seen through us. Thank you for the privilege of being a part. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.